Earlier this week, we spoke quite a bit about the Seir Azazel, the goat that is sent to Azazel, the sort of pseudo-carbon of Yom Kippur in which a goat is pushed off a cliff, definitely one of the strangest rituals in the entire Torah. And we surveyed some of the Mepharshim, we looked at the Seir Azazel from the different dimensions of Pardes to try to understand what exactly is the meaning of this ritual, what exactly is the Seir Azazel. But I wanted to take another look at the Seir Azazel from another approach, another dimension, namely that of the common translation, or perhaps the mistranslation of the words Seir Azazel. What am I referring to? So the Seir Azazel is commonly translated as the scapegoat. And from a simple search on the internet for the definition of scapegoat, I'm just bringing you from Merriam-Webster, that the scapegoat refers to something or someone that bears the guilt, it bears the blame for others. Now, in a certain sense, if you consider the original Seir Azazel in the Torah, that is not completely untrue, but the connotations and the semantics actually matter. And it's very important that we understand the difference between the original Seir Azazel and the term scapegoat as it is used in contemporary times. Because indeed the nuances matter, and the difference between the Seir Azazel and the common scapegoat is actually a difference between night and day. It's perhaps a difference between actually being La Hashem and being La Azazel, as you'll see in just a few moments. Interestingly enough, the term scapegoat, according to Merriam-Webster, is um, based originally on what might be a misread of the word Azazel, which was suggested to mean A's and then Azel, meaning A's like a goat, and Azel, the Aramaic word for going. So scapegoat, um, meaning the goat that escapes or the goat that is sent away, sort of would make sense. However, we spoke about in Parsha Pardes how Azazel might actually refer to some dark force, perhaps a demon of sorts. But again, I wanted to focus on just the connotations of the word scapegoat and what it means and why it's important. Because, once again, we just defined it as something that bears the blame for others. And once again, coming back to the Seir Lazazel in the Torah, this seems to be true, at least at face value. We find this phenomenon with other carbonus as well, that somehow the carbon actually is killed in our stead. That really, we should be on the Mizbeach, says the Ramban, and we lean upon the animal, and we sort of infuse our sins into the animal. And that's why, in fact, the Kohen confesses the sins of the Bnei Israel as he leans upon the animal. And yes, in a certain sense, that animal takes the blame, it takes the weight of the sins of Klal Yisrael and does die in our place. But this is not to suggest that we are not actually accepting the responsibility of the Averos. Right? It's not to suggest that we are not acknowledging the Averis that we've done and suggesting that it's the goat's fault. We are simply saying that we cannot actually bear the weight of our sins. Gadol avonim in a so, gadol avonenu, our iniquities are so great and their weight is way too heavy to bear, we cannot possibly do it. We could not possibly 
stand there and represent ourselves with our Averos. We acknowledge that we've done them, we've committed them, and we would not be able to withstand it. And so we put something in our place. Hashem has instituted the institution of Karbonos so that we can put the Averos on the animal. And indeed, when the Sir Lazazel is pushed off the cliff, hopefully our Averos go with it, never to return. But think about the common connotations of scapegoat. Thinking, perhaps, back to the Holocaust. This week was Yom HaShoah when Klai Yisrael reflects on the horrors of the Holocaust. The world reflects, hopefully, on the horrors of the Holocaust. And think about how we became all too familiar with the term scapegoat when we became the bearer of blame for the entire world, and certainly for Nazi Germany, when all of the problems of the world were placed upon us, where we became the problem of the world, where any issue that came up and you didn't like your circumstance must be it was because of the Jews. This form of scapegoating is a shirking of responsibility. This form of scapegoating is to suggest that, no, it's not my fault, it must be someone else's fault. And this anti-Semitism, which perhaps exists in the world for sure, but we cannot necessarily control it, is still something that we must confront, at least, if not out in the world, within ourselves. Because this other kind of scapegoating is really a ploy of the Eight Sahara, which we do all the time without thinking. Because whenever we come under fire, whenever something actually is our fault, and we have good reason to feel guilt, to feel like we should be bearing the responsibility of sin, we naturally shirk it. We naturally begin to rationalize, without even thinking about it, how this must not be my fault, it must be someone else's fault, it must be the fault of my circumstances, it must be the fault of some other person, some other force beyond my control. This kind of scapegoating is not like the actual Seir Azazel, where we say it's my fault and it's too heavy for me to bear the Averos, but we suggest and rationalize that perhaps it must not be my fault. And a person who is truly La Hashem is willing to look himself in the face and say when it is his fault, when he has done something wrong, to stop pushing the blame and scapegoating, to put the blame on others. But someone who is La Zazel, someone who represents himself in the most selfish kind of way, is someone who suggests that, you know, maybe it's someone else's fault, just don't hurt me. And the question is, when are we going to look ourselves in the face, look ourselves in the mirror, and be able to tell ourselves, acknowledge and admit that maybe we've done something wrong? And perhaps the way to do this is to consider the two goats once again, the Seir La Hashem and the Seir La Zazel. Rav Shamshin Rafal Hirsch paints an excellent picture of these two goats. He says, imagine if these goats had human contemplation, if they were able to think like you and I can. Imagine if they were people, and imagine what the two goats see happening before their eyes when the Seir La Hashem is taken, put up on the Mizbeach, to die. And the Seir La Azazel sees this and thinks, oh wow, I guess I got the easy way out. And he is taken outside the Beis Migdash, away from the Mizbeach. Looks like everything's going to be okay. 
at least he's not the other goat that just got slaughtered and killed on the Mizbeach. And he's taken. He's taken on a little parade. He's marched out of the Beis Hamikdash, and he's taken all the way up to this glorious mountain where you could see the entire mountain range, and everything is going to be okay, right? But what happens? That's the ear. Before he knows it, he gets pushed off the cliff and he ends up in the same place. However, he's not La Hashem, he's La Azazel. He's not a carbon chatas that says, Yes, I did the wrong thing, but he is La Azazel, someone who tried to live in a more convenient, more comfortable way, and he thought he would get out, and yet he ends up dead as well. The fate, says Rav Shamshanfal Hirsch, of the two goats is decided by a goral, by a lottery. And you know what? Our fate may as well be decided by a lottery if we choose to just go with the flow, if we choose to shirk responsibility, not be concerned about our own decisions, and assume that everything is beyond our control, then yes, we are controlled by the lottery as well. That, that shirking of responsibility will lead us in the same direction. Who knows? Will we be La Hashem or will we be by default La Azazel? But if we realize that we are not a pair of goats governed by a lottery, but we have our own choices to make, we take responsibility and stop placing the blame on others, stop scapegoating, then Bez Hashem, we'll be able to devote our lives to Hashem.